during week 226 of Braddus Branded Thoughts, why I think this could be head coach Kirk Ferentz's final year with the Iowa football program. We'll talk about it. He's had a storied tenure here, why I think we could be nearing the end, plus an exclusive interview with Iowa Women's Basketball 2025 five-star commit Journey Houston. She joins the show to talk about her decision to join the Black and Gold and what she brings to the floor for Lisa Bluter, Jan Jensen, and company. But first, I want to thank our sponsor, Iowa Floor Covering down in Bondurant. Look at this beautiful business down in the heart of central Iowa. If you have any flooring needs, they'll take care of you. Visit iowafloorcovering.com. But if you visit iowafloorcovering.com slash DIY, you can cash in on this awesome deal. They've got tough core, click together, 4.5 millimeter waterproof vinyl flooring available at just $269 per foot. Again, that's $269 per foot when you install this tough core flooring yourself. Visit iowafloorcovering.com slash DIY. And folks, they are Hawkeye fans. We appreciate Iowa floor covering Ryan Tyler and the guys down in Bondurant for sponsoring another edition of Braddus Branded Thoughts here from the Hawkeye of the Storm. So why I think this could be Kirk Ferentz's final year as the head coach of the Iowa football program. He's obviously had a storied tenure here, but as we've talked about here the last few days, especially after coming on the heels of the Iowa loss to Penn State on Saturday, the 31-0 blowout, there's a lot of Ferentz fatigue, as Tom Kakert has brought up. He's kind of coined that phrase, but it's an appropriate one. After 23, 24 years, you're going to have some of that, and I think there was a lot of that towards the end of the Hayden Fry era, and we are in a different era of society in college football now than we were in the late 90s. There are still the loyalists out there that swear by Kirk Ferentz, that believe he can do no wrong, and anything Kirk says or does goes. I'm not one of those people. I have a lot of admiration for Kirk Ferentz as a coach, as a person, as a man. I think he's a tremendous human being. He's obviously brought this institution, this program, this university, great memories and great success on and off the field. And his legacy will go in the record books as such. But again, all things, all good things do come to an end at some point, especially as it relates to college coaches. So why could this be the last year? I don't think it's anything due directly with the 31 to zero loss to Penn state. I don't want to make that clear. This is not me pushing the panic button based on one loss. But when you look at the last few years, there's obviously been some writing on the wall as it relates to the offense and no, the offense has not traditionally been good under Kirk Ferentz, but it has instead these last couple of years been historically bad. We heard during the off season, Kirk Brian and company talked about upgrading personnel and they had another year to age this offensive line. They brought in some transfers at wide receiver, at quarterback. They brought in a really experienced veteran in Eric All at tight end. So far, the offense has not looked very good. Now, Cade McNamara has been banged up. Hope for the best with his recovery. But the point is, the offense still looks putrid. 129th out of 130 teams in all of the FBS. We're talking total offense at the time of recording this video. So the question is... Will Kirk Ferentz continue in spite of the changes that are coming? What are those changes? Let's start with my number three reason why I think this could be Kirk Ferentz's final year. And it has directly to do with the changing landscape of college football. Let's give him credit. He took advantage of the transfer portal. He took advantage of NIL this past year. And the one thing Kirk Ferentz really has going for him as it relates to NIL is he does have the support of a lot of the big money donors in this program. Now, with that being said, Kirk does not like NIL. I think that's pretty clear. He does not like 
how college football has changed. I don't think a lot of coaches like the new era of college football, but he can compete in it. He showed that he can compete with that because of the support he has from the people that matter in the fan base. I'm talking about the people that can give the most money for Iowa to land the biggest name recruits. But I still think NIL, the transfer portal, is uncomfortable territory for Kirk, and that's only gotten stronger. That flame has only grown brighter over the last couple of seasons. So that's my third reason, my number three reason, as to why I think Kirk Ferentz may hang it up at the end of the year. To make clear, I am not talking about Iowa firing. They're not firing Kirk Ferentz. All right, let's make that very clear. Iowa's not doing that. But I think if if Kirk leaves, it's obviously going to be of his own doing. He does have a contract through 2029. I acknowledge that firmly. It's a lot of money to walk away from. I've been told he loves football. No doubt about that. That's his life. So I understand it's not a sure thing. But that would be my number three reason. My number two reason why I think Kirk may end up hanging it up is because of the change with conferences, conference realignment. Of course, the Big Ten will be adding Oregon, Washington, USC, UCLA. What does that mean for Iowa? Well, first of all, that means no longer having a patty cake schedule in the Big Ten West. The Big Ten West right now perhaps is at an all-time low. I mean, we're talking a bad division in college football. It was balanced before. It did not have the firepower that the Big Ten East did. But at least if you look at the history of the West division over the last 10 years or so, it's been solid. And there have been solid teams like Minnesota, Wisconsin. You've got coaching changes at Nebraska, Northwestern, Wisconsin, you got a new DC at Illinois, you got a new head coach at Purdue. I mean, there are changes absolutely everywhere. And then you have the weird stuff going on with Iowa's offense. And so this division is at an all-time low, and Iowa's going to be able to capitalize. They've got an opportunity to capitalize on it this year. This will take me into my number one reason why I think Kirk may hang it up after this year. But the point is, they have an opportunity to capitalize on it this year. I could see them rattling off 9, 10, maybe 11 wins. And I'm recording this after the Penn State game, folks. The schedule makes up for Iowa still get to 10 wins. 11 is a stretch if the offense isn't any better than we saw on Saturday. It's just going to be almost impossible to go on the road and beat Wisconsin with that level of offensive play. But they can still win 9, 10 games. I think they can represent the West because I think the winner of this division may end up losing three games in the division, two or three games. So I think Iowa could very easily end up in Indianapolis you win a Big Ten West title, you may get spanked in the Big Ten championship game, but Kirk can go out knowing he was sort of on top in the division and he won't have to deal with Penn State, Ohio State, UCLA, Oregon, Washington, USC, because again, the schedule is going to be different to where they're going to get not just one or maybe two of those crossover teams. They're probably going to get at least three of those teams each year when we're looking at all of them as a whole. And it's just going to be hard each and every year. There's going to be more balance. It's going to be better for the conference, but not better for Iowa. I'll tell you the teams that are going to benefit from it the most. Rutgers, Maryland, Penn State. Those are the teams that are really going to be beneficiaries of this. But Kirk's already talked about not liking to travel out west. So why would he want to stick around for more travel out west to play these powerhouses like USC? And right now, Washington, Oregon, they are really strong college football programs. And they both score a lot of points, which will be a challenge for Iowa to match as well. And my number one reason why I think this could be Kirk Ferentz's final year at Iowa, simply put, I don't know what's going to happen with Brian. And as of right now, he's averaging 21.3 points per game on the season. I say he, the team in general, because apparently, according to Gary Barta's 25 point per game release, uh, the stipulation in Brian Ferentz's adjusted contract, He's got to average 25 in order to keep his job. 
That's combined points of the offense, defense, and special teams. But with that zero, with that big bagel on the board from Saturday's game against Penn State, I just don't know where the points are going to come from. they got to score a lot of points against Michigan State and a lot of points against Northwestern. They're not scoring a bunch of points against Wisconsin, against Minnesota. I don't think they're going to score a ton of points against Illinois or Purdue. Michigan State's an opportunity. This weekend under the lights, the, the offense needs a pick-me-up. They need to score a lot of points. Michigan State's given up like 70-some points in the last two weeks. But my point is, if Brian doesn't hit that 25-point mark, I don't know what happens. And the people I've talked to that are close to the program, that are well-connected with things, have kind of said the same thing. I, I don't know exactly what's going to happen. It's going to be an uncomfortable situation because, look, from what I've been told, if Brian goes, Kirk goes. Right. So unless Brian says, Dad, I, I'm going to walk away. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to go somewhere else. If Iowa tries to force Brian out, I think that's basically signing the Kirk Ferentz retirement papers. That's kind of my intuition on the whole situation. But those are my three reasons. I had somebody ask me here a few days ago, can you please explain why you think this might be Kirk Ferentz's final year at Iowa? And I did say that on a recent show that I think this is probably Kirk Ferentz's last year. Maybe that's jumping the gun saying probably. I think it's very possible. I'll say that. We'll see how the rest of the season plays out. Obviously, there are other things that come into play. He does have the contract until 2029. And I'm sure he loves football. He lives and breathes football. But from what I've been told, he hasn't really tipped his cap on this to anyone. And Kirk and Mary Ferentz are very private people. So when this comes, it's probably going to come as a shock to some people. Maybe it won't be this year, but I think there's a chance it is. We'll see how the rest of the season plays out. All right, folks, coming up, an exclusive interview with Iowa Women's Basketball 2025 five-star commit Journey Houston. But first, a word from our sponsor. Straight from the man cave, Kinnick under the kitchen. Authentic, original player art prints are being drawn up for Hawkeye fans everywhere. From Under the Kitchen's Murray Legacy print, which features former Hawkeye Kenyon Murray, current Hawkeye Chris Murray, and current Sacramento King Keegan Murray, to football players Lucas Van Ness, Tori Taylor, and Cooper DeGene, to wrestlers Tony Cassiope, Alex Marinelli, and Real Woods. Oh, and only one of the greatest athletes to ever compete at Iowa, Spencer Lee. There are so many options available, and they make great gifts. Visit Under the Kitchen on Facebook or at Under the Kitchen's new website. It's underthekitchen.square.site. That's underthekitchen.square.site. Check out Under the Kitchen today and get your authentic, original Hawkeye print. Pleased to be joined now by Iowa Women's Basketball Commit for the 2025 class, Journey Houston out of Davenport North. And it's a beautiful, sunshiny day out in uh, Davenport this morning. We're recording this on a Sunday. And Journey, first of all, thank you for taking the time jumping on this interview. I know a lot of passionate Iowa women's basketball fans are excited to see you in the black and gold here soon. Feels like we've got to wait a while, but uh, yeah. you are committed what uh, before we get into your background, your life story, can you talk about what caused you to pull the trigger on this offer and, and commitment this early in the process? Iowa has kind of always been in my mind. I mean, for me, I like to be around my family a lot and it's only 45 minutes from where I live. And I also have a strong bond with all the staff because I've known them since I was seven years old. So what's it been like growing up in Davenport North? I mean, you're so close. You're, you're in a way so close to Iowa City and you've got such an unbelievable track record now with Jan Jensen and Lisa Bluter and this staff of, of changing the game of women's hoops uh, over the last few years in such an integral part of your uh, maturity and, and just growing up. What's it been like being a Hawkeye fan through all this? 
Um, it's a great feeling, honestly, because they're so successful. So following them as I've been growing up is just it's it's interesting to see how much they've grown as well. So your uh, background is you are from Davenport North. You're born and raised in the area. You've gotten the five star fandom and fanfare, if you will. How do you stay humble through all that? Because you've got humble roots coming from Iowa. I'd like to think that we all from Iowa have those roots. But how do you maintain that as you deal with the recruiting and the hype? And especially as you get to Iowa, you're going to have plenty of that. You know, staying humble is the most important thing, because as soon as you let it all get to your head is when people start to go downhill. So just staying level headed is what I try to do. And, you know, I take the praise that I get, but I also make sure people know, like, I've worked for what I've like what I got. So talk a little bit about your game. What have you worked on here the last couple of years? When I watched you on tape, I, I see someone who uh, has an opportunity to be elite from behind the arc. Um, mm -hmm. You have a, a quick release, which obviously translates well to the next level, but um, just talk a little bit about your game for people who haven't seen you in person. Um, I would say my game is very versatile. I'm still working on the part of, since I'm not necessarily big and I'm a guard, to get my ball handling really crisp and my shooting to the point where it's just like knocked down every time. So I've worked a lot on that. And then when it comes to rebounding and defense, for me, that's just effort. So I feel like I've done a good job with that as well. Where do you need to improve, Journey? Is you're you got, you know, two years ahead of you before you're at Iowa. Where do you feel your biggest room for improvement lies? The biggest room for improvement would be um, just like I said that, like outside the arc, just having it knocked down. So every time I catch it, at least fifty percent is going in. And I, I read earlier in an interview you did with good friends of ours over at HawkeyeReport.com, you project yourself kind of as two to three, maybe a four at the next mm -hmm. level, but. Um, is some of that hinged upon how much you grow in the next couple of years or how much does that relate to positional future for you? Um, I'm saying two to three because of my size. And I know that within the next AAU season, I'm going to be doing a lot more guard stuff than I have in the past. So that's why I said two to three. And your, but your background, you've played a lot. I'm assuming you played a lot of four. Yeah, I've, that's really what I've played like my whole life as a four, especially when we were younger because I was taller than everybody, but now I'm not. So I'm kind of starting to grow out of that and, you know, shift to more of a guard position. Talk about the, the All-Iowa attack. We've, there's been so much talk about that squad, not just because of Caitlin Clark, but mm -hmm. you know, the different people that have come through there. What's that meant to you and how has that changed you as a basketball player? All-Iowa attack is a great program. You know, before I came to them, I really didn't – I knew the game of basketball, but I didn't know how great I could be. So when I came to Attack, they really just helped me reach my full potential, and I feel like that's what they do with a lot of girls. How do they do that? What's different about what you get as far as for someone who doesn't know the difference between playing on an AAU team and, and you know, being part of Davenport North? How do they differ as far as developing you? There's always some type of structure and they're going to, you know, criticize you and you can't just, you know, be really sensitive and take it to the, like your heart all the time. It's just they're trying to get you to be the best you can be. So sometimes it's going to be blunt, but that's how you are successful. Absolutely. Uh, talk a little bit about Davenport North. I mean, what's that school meant to you? You've got a couple of years, I know, still uh, ahead of you, but what's that school meant to you? And and in addition, to not just the the staff, but uh, the coaching staff specifically, I guess, but you're also your teammates. Um, North is honestly like, I feel like sometimes we're kind of underrated 
and people don't really see all the potential that we do have just because we haven't necessarily, you know, won state or done this and that. But I feel like we've grown since our freshman year. So we're just going to keep improving. And, you know, hopefully once we get to state this year, we make it farther than we did last year. I'm going to kind of throw you a little bit of a curveball here. And I told you before we jumped on here that I wouldn't do that. So I apologize, Journey. But mm -hmm. your your rebounding numbers were really impressive through your first couple of years of high school. Mm -hmm. And obviously you're playing the four. How does that rebounding prowess translate over as you shift to more of a guard role at the next level? I feel like, honestly, it'll help me because no matter what, when I see the ball go up in the air, it's I want to get it. So whether I'm playing a four, whether I'm playing in the guard position, like I'm still going to rebound no matter what. And I feel like since I had been doing that, it's going to help me being a guard because you don't see a lot of guards doing that and getting a whole bunch of rebounds. So That bird doesn't seem to agree with your answer. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Journey, I, I got to ask you, your, your influencers, we talked a little bit about this before we started recording, and, and the first people you brought up were your parents. Why, <laughs> why have your parents been such a big influence in your life besides just the fact that they are your parents. Yeah, you talked about like being humble and staying level headed. And I feel like, honestly, they have kind of helped me, you know, do that. Because being a kid, you know, you're not necessarily always gonna be perfect. And with this whole process, like everything, you need somebody who is, um, you know, a little bit older, more experienced to help you. And I feel like they've done that for me. And they've just really, you know, not everybody has parents who can come to their games, who can drive them from point A to point B. And my parents have always been there for me. So talk about your siblings for a little bit. Yeah. Um, my sister, she's the oldest and then my brother and then me. And I feel like having them growing up helped me a lot because they also played basketball. So, you know, I was younger and my sister's eight years older than me. And so playing against them, like just helped me get better, helped me get stronger. Okay, my first official blunder of this interview was forgetting that your older sister, I know she kind of walked away from the sport during her, her time at Iowa. And I know there was kind of perception from the outside that uh, maybe that hurts journeys or opportunity to get journey to come to Iowa. But what did that experience, what did she talk about as far as her experience with you that you can share with us that still made you comfortable with this decision to join Iowa? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say like we had a conversation about it, but you know, we're two different people. We have two different mindsets. And so for her life, that was what was best for her. And for me, you know, I kind of, I accepted that that was what was best for her. But for me, I just still had all my options open and, you know, hope that they still would be interested in me just because she didn't decide to go there. Absolutely. And uh, Nebraska, Michigan State, DePaul, Wake Forest, Michigan, Iowa State. So am I missing anybody in that list as far as uh schools that offered um wake forest did okay and i don't know if you said howard or not howard did as well and your parents can be at all your games i'm guessing is that the yeah. plan i mean in two years in advance but is that the kind of the plan yeah my parents and also my grandparents because they are a big part of my you know basketball experience as well they've always been at all my games so that also you know played into why i committed to iowa and you got a teammate who's uh Boy, she's on a lot of uh, radars and, and high major radars as well. I know Iowa's been pushing for her, but uh, talk a little bit about Divine and, and your relationship with her as a teammate, but also as a, as a friend. Yeah, Divine, she's a great basketball player and she's a great person as well. We've known each other since we were in kindergarten, so we've kind of grown up playing basketball together our whole lives. And, 
you know, she has a lot of options to where she wants to go because, like I said, she's a great player. So we'll see what the future holds for her. Are you actively recruiting her? How does that work? How do you, <laughs> how do you balance that as a friend and a teammate? Yeah, you know, I may put something in her ear, but we'll see. <laughs> okay. How often do you wear the Iowa gear around around school? Um, and I actually, I've probably worn it like twice since I've committed because I need to get some more shirts now. Okay. So we'll, we'll have to we, we gotta get you hooked up with more more apparel. Yeah. Um, so I'm mean, curious too when when you look at the the scene of college basketball and and things have changed not just because of people like Caitlin Clark and, and the women's game, but college athletics as a whole has changed with the transfer portal with NIL. How do you, how do you view that as a, I'm assuming you're 16 years old right now. Yes. How do, how do you view that stuff? Um, I, I think it's a lot in the NIL, you know, it's always like, if you can, you know, get that, that's great for you. And with the transfer portal, you know, I committed to somewhere where I want to go and, you know, I feel comfortable with the people that I'm around. So I haven't really looked much into that, but yeah. Yeah. But it is good for the, I mean, there, there's so much more freedom to the athlete now than there yeah. ever was before. And yeah, because you never know. So, I mean, you could get somewhere and then you're not as comfortable as you may have felt you were going to be. So it is a good option to have. Yeah. But. Talk about the staff uh, specifically. Um, who are you maybe closest to? I know you shared in an interview that uh, Lisa Bluter told you she had goosebumps when you called her and, and gave her your commitment. But talk about your relationship with the Iowa staff. Yeah, I have a very close relationship with all of them, I would say. But probably um, Jan, I talk to her the most. Um, so I do have a pretty strong relationship with her. What, what do you like about Jan? She just, I mean, she can never stop talking. And that's a good thing, though. That's a good thing. She always has, you know, something positive to say. So I like talking to her. What about the current roster? How how well have you gotten to know um, the ladies in the current roster? Um, on the current roster, uh, you know, Hannah played for all Iowa Attack. Jada played for all Iowa Attack. And I, I didn't play on the same team as them, but, I mean, it's still the same program, so I'd see them, you know, every once in a while. But going into, like, 2024, Callie, I played with her as well, so – and you'll get to play with her. There's yeah. another connection. If you can maybe convince Divine to join join you and you got Callie, um, you're going to have some camaraderie there early. I'm guessing that helps the cause, having someone like Callie committed prior to your decision, knowing that, hey, I got I got a comfortable face here, someone that I know well and, and obviously have respect for that's yeah. going to share most of their college career with me. For sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's, let's mix this up a little bit. Talk a little bit about the things that interest you off the court. Um, I know we talked a little bit about your future and you want to go into the medical field. Mm -hmm. Can you be specific about that? Do you, you have specific aspirations regarding life after basketball? Um, honestly, I haven't really gone into like detail yet. I just kind of know it is something in the medical field that I'm interested in. So I'm not 100% yet, though. Keep the options open. Yeah. I, I was a good place to get that start. So, yeah. Um, what are some of the things you like to do off the court journey? Hobbies? Um, what kinds of stuff do you, you you stay busy with? I like to hang out with my friends a lot, honestly. Like, whatever they're doing, I'll do. So, And I like to go shopping. You like to go shopping? Yeah. Okay. So you just you told me before you just started a part-time job. So is that because you're, you're increasing that hobby? <laughs> yeah, I get it. And it's gone within, like, three days, honestly. But that's why I got the job. So... 
I can see why you like that NIL thing because uh, <laughs> yeah. you'll be able to do plenty of shopping in Coralville when uh, once you're a Hawkeye. You see so many athletes like Caitlin Clark and Haley Van Lith, and just go down the list of these athletes that are making names for themselves, but have a chip on their shoulder. Is that the kind of how you are on the court, or are you you kind of a different type of personality? Um. When I'm on the court, honestly, you know, a lot of people tend to, you know, get hype and show emotion. And I do think that's a good thing. But for me, and like what keeps me calm and, you know, I don't get anxious is just to kind of just keep a straight face. You know, there's times where I do get like excited and all that. But like throughout the whole game, I just kind of just keep it like straight face. So. And you brought up Hannah Stolke. She's a perfect example of that. So you can it works both ways. Right. You look yeah. at the, the Murray twins. Good examples of guys who, for the yeah. most part are cool, calm, and collected. You look at people like Caitlin Clark and Jordan Bohannon. I think those those personalities complement each other. So is Divine, how is Divine on the court? She's she like? kind of the opposite of me. Yeah. Like, you know, get tied, like, and one, all that stuff. But it works for both of us, so. So you've never screamed and one? I just can't bring myself to do it. I can't. <laughs> well, we, we appreciate the humility, and, and I'm curious the – you, you obviously won't be a part of that game, but will you be able to make it to the, the game at Kinnick in October? Um, Actually, I'm calling Jan tomorrow to see if that's like on because we had talked about it when I had committed, but I'm talking to her about it tomorrow. So Okay. Well, we, we hope to see you there, and it's going to be an unbelievable event. And, yeah, uh, for sure. Can, can you just express a little bit of your thoughts on on the, the fan support for this program specifically? Um, I think the Hawks, you know, is a great like support system. You know, they're always at every event there is for no matter what sport like sport it is, honestly, volleyball, football, basketball. So I feel like that's another reason why I committed because they always have a strong support system. So what do you think of Caitlin Clark? I think she's a great person and she's a, obviously a great basketball player. So I think she's somebody who you can watch and really like learn from her game anything i missed journey is, is there anything in your your background as far as helping iowa fans to get to know you that uh, maybe we didn't cover um I, I, certain hobbies that you enjoy things you like to do or or personality quirks that uh, people should know about um for personality i'd say like when you first get to know me like i really will not talk honestly like i'll say a few words here or there but like once you start to get to know me i'm a you know outgoing person and i'm goofy so but it takes me a while to get there so how uncomfortable is this interview for you um this scale not, of one to ten i would probably say like a six and a half just because it's on the camera if okay. it was in person that's kind of different for me so <laughs> We'll do it in person at some point, Journey. We okay. you know, look forward to chatting with you. If we don't chat with you before then, we'll at least chat with you at Media Day in 2025. I know that seems like a long ways away, but uh, we'll look forward to seeing you in the black and gold. Journey Houston, five foot eleven guard out of Davenport North, member of the All Iowa Attack, which has produced just a number. Uh, she mentioned Hannah Stolke. We talked about Sydney Falter. Um, you know, you go down the list. Caitlin Clark, of course. Uh, again, she turned down offers from a number of high major schools. And we're appreciative that you did, and we're glad you're staying home, Journey. Keep working on Divine as you can, <laughs> and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you in the black and gold in just a couple of years. Yep, I'm excited. Really appreciated, Journey. 
for joining the show. She's going to be a good one. Great attitude. You just love to see a young lady like herself uh, has the national attention as a five-star, but she's maintained that humility. And boy, she understands the importance of that. And she's got great skill, great offensive skill physically. She's an athletic wing. And they're going to be able to build that 2025 class around her. The 2024 class looking pretty good as well. They just got Aaliyah Guyton. They've got four four-star recruits plus Callie Levine out of Solon. So uh, Iowa women's basketball recruiting flourishing right now. Congratulations to Lisa Bluter, Jan Jensen, and company. We hope to talk to more of those commits in the coming weeks and months. Appreciate you tuning in for another edition of Bradis Branded Thoughts, week 226 of the podcast. Be sure to keep it locked right here. Turn notifications on for updates on new content and live shows right here from the Hawkeye of the Storm. We'll talk to you soon.